We have been doing um, Word for the Year for, uh, this is our fifth year in a row that we've done Word for the Year, as I like to shorten it, WIFTY, W-F-T-Y, WIFTY. Um, hope you have a nifty WIFTY, things like that. Anyway, um, but what the Word for the Year is, if you're new to us, is uh, it's one word or sometimes a short phrase. Uh, I'm pretty flexible with the rules on this, uh, but it's one word or a short phrase that um, can perhaps guide us or kind of kind of be sort of a, a framing for our, our year ahead. It might be an area that you want to, to grow in. It might be a biblical concept of something you want to focus on, like faith or trust or something like that, or justice. It might be an attribute of God, the love of God, the care of God, the compassion of God. It might be something that you want to focus on. It might be an area for a deeper understanding. It might be something uh, that you, uh, a place you want to grow into, a place that will draw you closer to Christ. It might be an area of effective living, a habit to break, perhaps, or a discipline to establish. We might approach it by asking the question of what needs transforming in me and, um, or where does Jesus need to do his work of, of formation in me, of spiritual formation in my heart or in my mind. What will take me deeper in or what might take me further out into the world and what God wants me to do there and making my faith a practical thing in the place where I work or teach or whatever it happens to be. Uh, what is something that God's working in my life in an area where he wants me to grow? An area where we want to see God working in our lives. That's what the word for the year is. And it's fun. Every year we have different experiences and reactions. For some people, their word for the year is the most riveting thing and it kind of gives direction to the year. And other people get to about March and go, they'll ask me, do you have a list of our words? Because I'm like clueless what it was. And uh, I've had years like that where I forget partway through and then God will remind me or I'll come across a slip in my Bible and, and then uh, realize how God has been at work anyway, even if I've forgotten it. So we have different experiences in working with our word for the year. Nothing magical about it, but sometimes it helps us uh, to focus on things rather than making a list of resolutions that are easily forgotten or broken. And on these Sundays when we look at our words for the year, I always want to make sure that our word for the year process is connected with our commitment, first of all, to the living word, to Jesus, who is the word made flesh. I want to make sure our our commitment to the process of choosing a word has something to do with the the living word, Jesus, and also a connection to the written word, uh, the scriptures. That our relationship with Jesus, the Word of God, and that the Word of God, the written Word of God, be sort of an inspiration for our Word. And so that took me to these familiar words from Psalm 119 uh, that Lois just read for us. I thought of doing all of Psalm 119 today, but for those of you familiar with your Bibles, it's 176 verses, the longest chapter in the Bible, so don't worry. Um, We've just finished, actually, the Sunday before Christmas, uh, a walk through the uh, Psalm 120 through 134, and this is just before that. But all through the Psalms, but particularly in verses 9 through 16, Psalm 119 speaks of the word, of God's word, and how it it cleanses us, how it it instructs us, how it comforts us, how it guides us, how it uh, really kind of equips us for for doing life. And it also talks about how the word of God draws our hearts closer to him. So the last few days I've been reflecting on this word for the year process. I've been thinking about it. I've been reading what some of you, some of you replied to my email of last week about uh, your word for last year or this year and some thoughts about that. I've been reflecting on that. I've been looking at verses 9 through 16 of Psalm 119 and I thought, how can I, how can I kind of tie this all together? Uh, what, what words can I use to help us sort of focus on what the word for the year can do for us this year? And a two-word phrase came to mind. And we've already heard it this morning, the song that was sung in the beginning, if you were in here at that time. It's called Moving Forward. And somehow the words moving forward just locked into my head as I began to process this and put together this message. 
It's kind of what we think about at the beginning of the year. And I realized as I looked at the words that you have chosen over the years and in churches I've worked with, that often the words have something to do with how am I going to move forward as a follower of Christ? How will I move forward this year? How will I grow? How will I deepen as a disciple? I want to move forward in this year with some, some hope and confidence and, and needed transformation in my life, moving forward. So I just thought of that word, and then I just sort of set it aside and let it sit for a while. I thought, well, I don't know if I'll build the message around that yet or not. And so I, I put that aside, and I thought, I'm going to go back and read the emails that I got from some of our members this week about their responses for their word for the year. There's some great words in there uh, for 2014. Some have already chosen their word for 2015 and let me know. But one really caught my attention, and it was a longer email. So I, I sent that email on, on, on Monday, on the 29th. I was actually on vacation, but I wanted to get that email out there. And I kind of monitored my email, and I saw a few that had come in. I just sort of scanned them quickly to see what they were and deleted a lot of the you know, other things that come into the box. You, know, you order one thing, and then they think you want to buy something from them twice a day for the rest of your life. You ever notice that? Good grief. I only bought one. Anyway, so I got rid of all that stuff, but I I kept these about the word for the year, and I hadn't really read all of them fully, but this one I I, I went back to, and I I scanned it, and then I I took some time just Friday, and um, I read the whole thing. I won't read it all for you. I want to maintain a sense of confidentiality, but I will read some excerpts. This person had told me in the, their uh, email that they had not paid much attention to the word for the year process the first few years we did it. They thought it was a nice thing to do. But a year ago, after a very difficult stretch in this person's life, they really felt God wanted to choose the word hope. Because as difficult as life had been in the year, a couple of years prior to a year ago right now, they really felt that God was saying, um, there is still hope. There is still hope. And so they felt really compelled to choose the word hope. Let me read a little bit of what they've written to me. At the beginning of the year, even before you brought it up in church, I knew my word would be hope. Throughout the year, I thought and prayed a lot about my word, hope. I posted it on my bathroom mirror along with my verse, Isaiah 43, 19, which says this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And then they go on and say, for so long in my life, I felt stuck stuck in a dry desert wilderness of sadness without much hope. As the year progressed, I started to realize my heart was beginning to change. And I knew it was my heart because my circumstances were still unchanged. Did you get that? I could tell my heart was changing even though my circumstances weren't. I began to truly sense that not only was I reminding myself of my word, hope, but I was also beginning to live life in hope. And in this line, I love this. I had no idea there would be so much power infused into my life just by having a, quote, word for the year to pray about, focus on, and reflect upon. That was an encouragement to read that and to know that for some, this process is a very helpful one. And God uses it to to change hearts and to give hope in this case. But then this person goes on and they said, "As as I contemplate this new year, I already have a new word that I know is from God and not from me. It's actually two words or short phrases. The first one is pressing on, and the second one is moving forward. And that's just what I, I, I thought about that earlier. I set it aside. I said, I'm going to go back and read more deeply these emails. And I came to this person who God has restored some hope for them. And the word, two of the words they've chosen are moving forward. There it was. 
A word already given by God to one of you and confirmed to me that this is where we wanted to head today. That this would now be the lens that we look through, just briefly, but the lens through which we look at these verses in Psalm 119. Looking at Psalm 119 as a way to move forward. And then also to be serve as sort of a frame for our own process of finding our word. One that will help us keep moving forward in our deepening relationship with Jesus and our understanding of this word and how he wants to live this life in this world. And then I also thought... What a great follow-up to On the Way. That was our theme during all of the fall. We looked at Psalms 120 through 134. We called it On the Way. These were psalms that were sung as the Jewish pilgrims went up to the temple. That's what the artwork is on the walls. We have one for all the way from Psalm 120 there all the way down to Psalm 134. We looked at being on the way. And what a great way now to enter into the new year and say, we're going to keep moving forward, moving forward in our walk with Christ. So here's what I want to say. In order to grow and deepen as followers of Christ, we need to always be moving forward. Daily allowing the word of God to purify, strengthen, and equip and guide us. Not just make us feel good, not to just make us spiritual people, but to make us people who are equipped to live this life that God has given us in ways that honor him. In 2015, God's word for our new year can help us move forward when we're... Four things I have here. First of all, putting our heart into it putting our heart into seeking God with our whole life. Secondly, putting it into our heart, the word of God putting into our heart. Then we'll look briefly at what it means to discover God's word for our year, and I have a process to suggest there, and then just some comments on moving forward before we turn the corner and head into the sacraments this morning. Putting our heart into it, seeking God. We need to remember that when the Old Testament speaks about the heart, it's a, heart, it's a lot more than a, the feeling. The heart is not just a place of emotion and feeling. Verse 9 and 10 say this, How can those who are young keep their way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. See, the psalmist here is not looking just to avoid sin or just looking to know the words that God has given, but to know God. Not just to avoid sin, not just to know they're forgiven, not just to memorize scripture, but to, to really know God. I seek you with all my heart. I want to know you closely. In the Old Testament, the word heart um, is the center of the whole human spirit. It's the place that the emotions do come from, yes, but it's also so much more. It's also where the thoughts, the motivations of the heart are also spoken of in Scripture. The motivations come from there. Courage and, and action come from the heart. Proverbs 4, 3 says, the heart is the wellspring of our whole life, the wellspring of life. So to seek him with all our heart, then is to seek him with our whole being. It's not just an emotional feeling or reaction. It's a life movement. It's a moving forward by dealing with the things that hold us back, the sins, impurities, selfish ambition, dead ends, Worried about brokenness, things like that. Those are things that hold us back. And, but, but here in seeking God, saying, I want to put those things behind me and I want to move forward. Move forward. It's more than just a feeling. It's more than an emotion. It's an orientation of life, seeking God. So moving forward, putting our heart into it as a follower of Christ means also putting relationship over rules. It's easy to look at some of these texts, particularly Psalm 119, as, as referring to a list of rules. It always talks about the decrees, the statutes, and all that. And we get to see something that if we can just kind of keep track of all these things and check them off, go to the Big Ten, the Ten Commandments, and say, I'm pretty good on this one, good on this one, good on this one, Ooh, could work on this one. You know, it's not, just, it's not just rules that we keep. It's a relationship. And then once we're in that relationship, uh, then we want to know more about how we live that. God invites us into relationship. He stores relationships. He nurtures relationships. He deepens relationships. And then the Word some of which may sound like rules, guides us in that relationship. We love the word. We want to know the word because it's God's word, the one we love, the one we seek. 
Here's another way to put it, and I think I maybe shared this before, but it works for me. If you've got a health condition and you want to know more about it, what do we all do now? We also go to the internet where we get way too much information. But if it's something that's really happening in our life or in the life of somebody we love and care about a lot, we want to know as much detail as possible. Now, there's thousands of health issues you can research on the internet. And maybe you're a person who has a lot of time to do that all day, but we really don't care as much. We care in a general way, but we don't care as much about that stuff. Our mind gets riveted on the facts that have to do with something that is affecting my life. It's the same thing with the Word of God. We, we, it, it has meaning to us when it connects with where we are in our life. We can memorize the whole Bible, but it doesn't have an impact unless it really connects with who we are and who God is and who he says we are, what he's calling us to do and what he's calling us to be. It's a relationship that we're in. And then when we're in that relationship, then when we know as much as possible about this one who has created us, this one who loves us, this one who saves us, this one who wants to guide us, this one who wants to give us a life that's meaningful and purposeful. And then we're drawn into this word to get to know this relationship and to grow into it. We put our whole heart into it to know this one who has given us life. But also when we speak of the word, it's a matter of putting it into our heart as well. Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, in that most central and vital places, our our heart. Part of moving forward is dealing with what holds us back. And we can overcome the power of sin. We can overcome the power of of brokenness in our life by the power of the word living within us and and bringing the transformation that's needed. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's sort of like investing in the promises and tucking them into our heart. It's interesting here that the word for word here is different than the word for word in verse 9. Did that make sense? Wait a minute. It's, it's word for the years. The word used for word here is a different word than the word that is used for word in verse 9. In other words, in verse 9, it says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Now, that word, verse 9, that word for word, pretty much means word, okay? Whereas this word for word also has the sense of promise, okay? So now, now, you, now you're catching up with me a little bit? I love playing with... <clears throat> words, but um, and this one just has a lot more fun to it because of that, but seriously, the word in verse 9 just says, I obey your word. Those are the words that are written, but this is a different one here in verse 11. I've hidden your word, and this one has a little more the sense of your promises. There's something alive to the words here. They're not just words written on a page. I'm going to hide your word. It's like storing the promises of God in our heart, words that strengthen us, words that prepare us for what might get thrown at us in life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put this in my heart. I'm going I'm I'm to tuck it away here so it's going to make me stronger when I face certain temptations or I'm, when I'm headed into big challenges or when I'm feeling a certain measure of attack or dullness in my life. I'm going to hide this word in my life. I love Eugene Peterson's translation, the message, and how it puts it. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Isn't that great? He just has a way of saying things, doesn't he? I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin myself bankrupt. See, there's a promise that's not just a, oh, isn't that nice? Wouldn't those be great lyrics for a song? These are promises that hold us and strengthen us and empower us and equip us. 
I was especially moved by another response from a member this week in response to my email. Because of this, because where I see this person putting the word in their heart and banking on God's promises. This is another person who has undergone a lot in the last several years, but particularly this year. But they've been overcoming a lot. I've seen them growing. It's so exciting. They've been doing some hard work. They've been doing some hard emotional work, some gut-wrenching work, some relational work. And they are growing. And it's so fun to see. And their word this year is emancipate. Isn't that great? I love that. Emancipate. This person is feeling a new freedom as they grow in Christ. And the verse and the promise that they are banking in their heart, I love this. Galatians 2.20, which says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This person is getting set free. Emancipate. Banking that promise that God has forgiven them, God is making them a new person, that this really is a new life that they live. And so they're moving forward into this new year with a greater confidence. Also, I just want to say a quick word here on verse 16, that not forgetting is not just remembering. Um, Verse 16 says this, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Or as the New Living says it, I will delight in your principles and not forget your word. I will not neglect your word. I will not forget your word. And this is not just a, oops, I forgot my memory verses from Bible school. (laughs) Forgetting and neglecting here mean more than just, oops, I forgot. It really implies a, 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 a moving away from God. Rather than moving forward with God and neglecting and forgetting means kind of a a backing away, maybe even turning from what he has said and neglecting and abandoning him, not just the words. And so we need to remember not to forget. Not just what the word says, but what it means and what it says about who he is. So moving forward in this new year then will mean remembering. Moving forward in this new year will mean remembering, will mean putting our hearts into it. It will mean building our relationship with the God of the Word and pursuing Christ and His priorities and His plan for our life. Moving forward to the new year will mean getting outside of ourselves and seeing what God has for us to do. Moving forward by putting our whole heart into it and by putting the Word into our heart. Moving forward in this new year will mean putting it into our heart, time in the Word, knowing His Word, interacting and sharing the Word, living the Word, and then being motivated by it as we serve others. Daily allowing the word of God to purify, strengthen, equip, and guide us. I want to encourage you now to uh, ask God or be open to how God might apply all of this to you in the process of discovering your word for the year. Discovering our our word for the year is really a process of listening and discerning. Some of you, it comes like that. Some years for me, I'm sure what it is in December. Today I stand before you, still not sure. I've got several options on the uh, the final list. Um, it's been narrowed down a lot of things as I look forward. This whole I might choose moving forward to. I might have to ask the person that that did that if I can borrow it because I love that. <laughs> but I'm in process. But I want to just give you a little bit of a, a an outline of process to do this uh, for your moving forward. And it's on the, written on that printed outline that's in uh, your bulletin, but I, I'm going to have it up here in front of us as well. 
The first thing is that the first step is, my first step is for discerning my word for 2015 will be, first of all, to think through responses to these questions. This might help you kind of begin this process of discernment. First of all, what excites me about the new year? What am I looking forward to this year? There might be some dates that are set, some plans that are made, some travel, some things that are happening on your job or events in your family. What are the things that excite me about the new year? But you might also be in a place saying, what really is going to be a challenge for me this year? Some changes, some transitions, some potential losses, some huge new opportunities that are exciting but absolutely frightening. (laughs) What are the challenges that are out there for me this year? And then what do I need to do to get closer to Jesus, that I might walk with him through these things and into these things and be his person. Another question to ask is, where might God be calling me to be growing and moving forward? What, where might he be at work there and speaking into my heart? Another way to put it is this question about lordship. What area of my life needs to be more fully surrendered to Christ's lordship and leadership? That is, if he's lord of our life and he's leading me, what, what are some areas where he's been kind of saying... You, you need to turn this one over a little bit more. That might be something that comes to mind as well. A way to do this uh, is to spend some focused time. And if you have some time this week and a little bit of time, I really recommend a little bit of silence and solitude. First of all, spend some time in your Bible. What verses are especially speaking to you? There might be words that come right off the page or some thoughts. And then finally, this idea of finding some time for silence and solitude where you can pray and listen for what God is saying as you seek your word for the year. You may not use this at all, but it's just an idea. It's just a way of approaching this. And I hope, I just want to encourage you, um, in in, in the fullness of your life, (laughs) God calls us to live a fully integrated life where we we don't have our, our work life and our family life and our church life. Yeah, we do have our church life. But our spiritual life, our relationship with Christ, is is encompasses all those things. So whether we have a really spiritual-sounding job like me who hangs around a church all week or we're in a corporate setting, it doesn't really matter. If you're, if you're a follower of Christ, who you are and how you act there is, is just as important. And so I want to encourage you to be thinking that way or in the home or in the school or in the neighborhood or wherever it is you happen to spend most of your time. Who does God want you to be in those places and where is he calling you to be moving forward? Moving forward. As I said in my introduction uh, this morning, I'm so excited that we get to do both sacraments today. Well, baptisms are just always fun anyway. <laughs> and communion we do once a month in the Covenant Church. We almost always do it on the first Sunday of the month. I feel like weekly maybe would just get too routine. Once a quarter, you kind of forget what it means. We've just It's not the best, best way, the only way, but that's what we do. But it's happened that we get to do both here. And in the Covenant Church, we affirm that these are, in fact, sacraments. Some may call them ordinances, which is simply a symbol of something God has done. And a sacrament takes another step from symbol and says God's really at work doing something. Nothing magical. When we baptize Audrey this morning, there's not just this magical thing that happens to her. But something does special happen to her. We do acknowledge God's grace for her. We do welcome her, in a sense, into the larger family of God. And we encourage John and Sherry in their walk of faith as well. So something does happen. And when we receive communion... There's nothing magical that happens when we receive the bread and cup. It does not take care of any hunger that you might be feeling now, right? Anybody remember that when you were little kids? Maybe when you are adults? Oh, I'm so hungry. At least we're having communion today. Oh, man, that didn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything magically for us. 
But communion speaks of the grace of God in it, in the sense it makes the presence of Christ more real. Christ doesn't show up more because of communion, but it makes us more aware. And his grace is present. And what I love about the sacraments on this day, this first Sunday of the new year, is they, they are active words. They are the word of God made visible and active. We call them visible signs of an outward and visible signs of an inward grace. When we baptize, we are aware that God is at work doing some things in Audrey already and in her mom and dad and her extended family. When we share communion, we acknowledge that God is doing some things in here through what we symbolize and what we commemorate and what we acknowledge and speak of in communion. We are reminded of the washing of our sins away in the baptism. We're reminded that Jesus himself was baptized and identified with our need. Though he was without sin, he took on our sin and he identified with our need and therefore he was baptized. And when we take the bread and the cup, we remember that night in that room and we remember that next day when his body was that bread and his blood was that cup. And he did everything necessary to save us and give us life. And so I'm excited that this, the sacraments happen today, that they help us look forward. We look forward on Audrey's behalf today to a life where she will come to know Christ as her Savior. We look forward with her when she will discover his goodness. We look forward even as there will be challenges for her and for John and Sherry as they parent her. But together we move forward and John and Sherry move forward in their commitment and their faith as well because of this. And at the communion table, all of us look forward as well. We look forward, we move forward in this new year with with confidence that God is at work. We look back at what Christ has done and that enables us and empowers us then to look forward as well. Moving forward. The word helps us move, it, move forward. When we put our full self in it, when we seek him with all our heart, we move forward. And so I pray that today as you observe the baptism, it will also be a chance for you to renew your own baptismal covenant, whether you were baptized as a baby or as a believer, to look back to that time, whether you have a vivid memory of it or not, you know that it happened. If you've not been baptized, talk to Pastor Diana and me. We'd love to talk to you about that. So you participate in the baptism as well. And as we share in communion too, might it be a commitment for us as individual believers, as a church family, as we move forward in this new year. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so grateful for this day, this first Sunday of the new year. As we hang on to a little bit of Christmas, we look back, as we look ahead into this season of of epiphany when you appeared in the brightness of your light and your life, Christ, we also reminded that that light is a light on the path forward. Lord, I ask that you would give us a deeper hunger to know you, a deeper desire to know your word. And I ask that you would be at work in each of our lives in today and in this week to discern, if we haven't already, what word it is that you have for us this year. Thank you for these two friends whose stories I've been able to share today and the amazing ways that you're at work in their life. Helping them press on, move forward, and be emancipated and living a new life. Lord, we ask you to speak into our hearts that way as well. So, Lord, we give this process to you. We give our lives to you and hearts to you. 
We pray it in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen.